episode 84, Julio Zelaya. Welcome to the Awaken Your Alpha podcast. I want your ears, your attention, and your motorcycle. Now, give them to me. Check out this fantastic podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Worlds they live by, for example, put the cookie down. Origins, biggest failures, fears, awakening moments, Yoda questions, yin yang, the alpha round, the finish. We're going to learn a lot. It's the man from the learning group. It's Julio Zelaya, and Julio believes in big dreams and the people who achieve them. Julio is the co-author of two books, Successonomics with Steve Forbes and Transform with Ryan Tracy. Julio has trained more than 250,000 people in Latin America and the United States, both in Spanish and English workshops. He founded the Learning Group in 2007. He lives in Guatemala. He's our first Guatemalan uh, alpha. He lives there with his wife, Sofia, and siblings, Juan Ignacio. Juan Ignacio and Natalia. Firstly, uh, Julio, are you ready to awaken your alpha? Yes, I am. Brilliant. Um, I met Julio. He was um, in based off his, uh, his best-selling books. He was in Hollywood, uh, Bestseller Summit, and re- receiving his Quilly Award. He was speaking up on stage. Um, he did a brilliant talk about it's not the, you know, it's not the message, it's the messenger, which we're going to touch on today as well. Um, and then luckily, he had sort of a one in four chance after he came off stage, received his award on the red carpet. I managed to interview him. Um, so that was an absolute pleasure. He's a real, he's a great guy, brings a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah, I'm excited to interview you today, Julio. How are you doing? Same here, Adam. And being the first Guatemalan, huge responsibility. <laughs> but I'm- <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. It's quite an entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneurial place, Guatemala. There's a few, few of the first were from there. What's, what are some of the things of note from Guatemala? I... Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a small country in terms of uh, the number of inhabitants. We, we have 15 million, more or less, people in, in Guatemala. And uh, very entrepreneurial. It's actually, according to GEM, which is the study led by Babson College, it's number nine in the world in terms of entrepreneurial startups. And a lot of very, very cool things were, were started here. And turns out the Happy Meal was invented here. Ah, you seem a very happy gent when I met you. <laughs> <laughs> Not because of burgers, but, <laughs> but happy as well. <laughs> no, I was just saying, if you eat too many burgers, you definitely won't be happy, will you? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Also the very popular app, the Duolingo to learn Languages was also invented by Guatemalan. Instant coffee also invented here. Ah. So a very, very entrepreneurial country. Can you just tell us where exactly is uh, Guatemala to finish our geography lesson? Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, Mexico is our neighbor to the north and to the south. We're neighboring El Salvador and Honduras. Well, on, along your sort of bio, your introduction I gave you, is there anything that I missed out massively because I know that was the, the sort of condensed version. Is there anything else you'd like to sort of chuck in the mix that you think is uh, worth mentioning? No, I think that the two most important things that I would say about everything in my life is that I, I'm very passionate about two things, basically, education and entrepreneurship. Those are my two main passions. I've, I try to instill those two elements into everything I do, even my family, the, my work, the... Uh, the company I founded. So that is a key part of what I'm doing in life. Try to help people to find 
what their their passion is, what their talents are, and and how to build that into their purpose. Which, in my definition, that's entrepreneurship. It's not necessarily founding your own business, but rather, how do you live a life that it's analogous to when when you find your your passion, your your talents, and you're you're doing every day a, a very fulfilled life. So that's my definition of entrepreneurship: leading a life of purpose. When I looked into the learning group, it's almost like you, you've it's it's I can really resonate with it, and it's it's message reminds me of Awaken Your Alpha. It's like you've made a the Awaken Your Alpha University because you you offer masters, don't you? You go around doing teaching training with, and I'll blow your trumpet for you. You you know you've had some big clients. You've you've worked with Walmart. Um, there's loads of Kellogg's. PepsiCo, Exxon, Mobil, Chevron, Citibank, and many more. So, you know, you really, you created a university out of this. Yeah. And it's actually, our, our main product offering is a corporate university. And turns out a lot of corporations are very interested in, in developing a more entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah. Uh, what has happened in the world is that, first off, Change is happening in an exponential way. That is not a surprise for anybody right now. But how to manage that change within corporations that are very large, very uh, product-oriented and process-oriented, how do we manage that? And we have designed uh, several programs within organizations to try to break those barriers and try to instill an entrepreneurial mindset which was there when the company was founded, but yeah. now it needs to be uh, reignited uh, or awakened again. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's, it's awakening the alpha within organizations. <laughs> that's, really? that's what we're doing. Well, this, this sounds you know, so useful. It sounds like you found your path, but how on earth did you get to this? Could you, this is our origin question. We know you're sort of from Guatemala, but how was it growing up there? And what did you want to be when you were growing up? Uh, Tell us how you got from basically a young kid to this point. I knew what I wanted to do since I was very young. My, my parents, a, a unique combination, my mother, an academic, a PhD in education. She used to be the dean of several universities here, private universities. And uh, she wrote a lot of books. So I always saw my mother graduating from something. <laughs> and my father did not finish college. But rather, my, my father was a very savvy business person. He yeah. taught me. I remember I, I went with him to sales calls, and uh, he showed me a lot of the street smarts that, that you need to succeed in life. I don't know. Maybe I was eight years, nine years old. I, I used to, to try to combine those things. I, I had a mini business in school where I tried to teach my other my other fellow classmates and I would charge them to, uh, to teach them. So I would say <laughs> the, the learning group started when I was like eight years old. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you're, you're straight into it and you haven't stopped since. That's brilliant. But what a, what a useful combination. Like you say a, a really sort of full on academic and then a, a businessman. That's a really, that's, that's the two areas you need, you know, cause if, if you're too much of one and not enough of the other, you're going to, you're going to come unstuck <laughs> eventually. Yeah. And if and exactly, and if you see studies uh, that that focus on entrepreneurship, you will see that there's a threshold. And one of the conclusion of the study is that after so much education, 
the entrepreneurial drive lowers. Yeah. And, uh, and the authors argue that maybe when you, when you, when you're very knowledgeable about a certain area of expertise, you're more risk averse on how to start things. Ah. So I think that is a key part uh, of understanding what is happening in the world, because there are a lot of people that are very knowledgeable, but doing things they hate and they're, they're stuck in jobs they don't like. And, uh, we as a as a collective tend to be very scared of okay what if i start my own path or how do i change what seems to be impossible so that that also became a, a cause for me because you can imagine living in a in a country such as guatemala you you see two types of people people who will foster your dreams and say you, you can do things you can do great things And a lot of people who will say, no, you can't. You were born in a poor country. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of uh, poverty. There's a lot of problems. It all, it all becomes one question. Who do you believe? So, Julio, you sort of were on the path almost at eight years old, but then you've obviously gone through the rest of school. Um, and because, obviously, the learning group was founded in 2007, there's a little bit of a gap. So when you sort of left school, what made you eventually launch the learning group? I started three companies before the learning group. And uh, all three companies were focused on, on education yeah. with different strategies. Uh, one, I would say, started with the classic mistakes of starting too big, uh, a lot of fixed costs, and that was the reason of, of failing venture number one, yep. venture number two, the wrong partners. Uh, basically, you want to grow too fast, similar to problem number one. Yep. <laughs> that, that was a failure as well. And number three, it was getting into a very different approach because each company, although all three were focused on education, the culture of a company can be very determinant on, on, the, on the success of the company. So in company number three, a very uh, clashing values between myself and the company that, that was already in place. So I would say I had three, three learning opportunities. I would not say failures, but three learning opportunities. But I would say that in all of my life, I've, I've devoted my life into this type of business all of my life. Okay. Even the, um, that's the reason I went to study abroad and to the top universities. I was going to say, when did you sneak in your PhD? Because they take a little bit of a while and that, that's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I started very young, actually. I, I graduated when I was uh, 17 years old from, from, from high school. And then I, I, I managed to, uh, to, to graduate from college in two and a half years. Wow. So I graduated very young from my PhD program. And since I, I was very clear that my education was a means, not a goal, yeah. I thought I need to get out of this as quick as possible because I need to start the venture I, I'm going to use my education for. You can imagine I saw every university, every course I took as market research. Yeah. A really important point you just made just a few seconds ago as well, where you said it's, you know, it's a, a means to basically, you're not going to get stuck in education because I think some people get into that environment and even people who do PhDs, that they just, the academic environment and 
they're doing education almost for education's sake, thinking that's the end of the road. It's all about education, education. And then sometimes it's a bit of a wake up call for people. If they do sort of leave education, they're like, right now, what do I do? Like, cause most people, you know, it's still very competitive. You, once you go to a, you know, a university and get a degree now, or even a master's, you're still in a lot of senses at square one when you come out. Yes. Yes. And, and the way I see it, there's, there's three types of people in the world. One, who see what they do every day as a job, a means to get a check. Yeah. The other type of people is they see it as a career. Okay, this is what I'm doing now, but I'll get to the next step and to the next step and to the next step. And there's a third type of people who see that what they do as their purpose, as a superior calling. My dream is for everybody to find what's their own calling because yeah. If you see what you're doing every day as a job or even as a career, there's not, not a superior uh, purpose or calling, and that can demotivate you very easily. You can, you, you can begin focusing just on making money, just on, on getting more transactional goals rather than meaningful goals. And that makes all the difference in the world. And I've seen it in my country even in the most labor-intensive uh, jobs you can imagine, people who find their purpose in what they're doing. It makes a huge difference. Even when you ask people, okay, what do you do for a living? And on how they, they answer that question, you know if they like their job or they don't. So some people, when, when you ask, okay, what do you do for a living? They take a deep breath like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm going to not talk about this. And other people, they just light up. So, so that is basically what we do every day and try to, try to help people to find their unique calling, what motivates them, yeah. what's their, their passion, and try to design your life according to that. So, I mean, this sounds like this is obviously a good time to mention it. So when someone's, they may be in that situation, when they're in the category of, you know, it's kind of when someone asks from their job, it's like, big side, a bit of a dread. So what are some of the key things you start to teach, key tips or advice you can give for someone who's, who's looking to really find their path? How do you set about unlocking this in your teachings? I usually start with a very simple question, but turns out that question is very powerful for people. Imagine that right now, I would deposit in your, your bank account $1 billion. What would you what would you do with your life? And it turns out when when the money barrier is gone, people tend to think of very different things of what they're doing right now. Yeah. And sometimes people would say, Oh no, I would pursue my goal as a X, as a Y. And then I write those things out because the first thing for me is how do you we, we sometimes are afraid of the security that money might provide. Yeah. So that's, that's stage one. Then I begin to explore why they answered what they answered after that question. And I try to, to explore what you're passionate about, what makes you feel alive, what are those moments when you fear you're doing something meaningful. The equation is very simple. You, you define your passion. Yep. And then we define your core talents. Okay, what are you good at? Unique competitive advantages. Because each person is unique, our own main strengths, and we're 
And then we try to combine those into, okay, what's your ideal job or what's your company, uh, your ideal company to build or to work for. And when you combine your passion and your talent, you're way off to being successful. It, it turns out to be a, a very simple concept. Yeah, very powerful though. Yeah, but a lot of people, they're passionate about something, but they see it as, okay, when I retire, I might do this that I'm passionate about. And life is too short to be waiting for, for something magical to happen. I completely agree. And even though, you, like you said, these could be seen as relatively simple questions, it needs someone, obviously they got to make the choice to approach you. And then it needs someone like yourself to, you know, highlight these things and break it down and highlight that it's not as complicated as it may seem. And you've just got to be, you've just got to be very clear. And this is, you know, what Awaken Your Alpha is all about. It's that we, see, we experience and see all different people from all over the world and how they've made the decision. And you've got the learning group we've got training. We've got the alpha ultimatum that I offer, which is for men. And in that, we break it down. And you know, there's, there's a simplicity and a discipline to just committing to a cause, even for a short period, and making some, you know, some serious changes in that time and setting you on the path. So I, I, I think it's brilliant. I also, also agree, and you're on target, that significant change is not a solitary, a solitary path. You need to surround yourself with people that are trying to change and achieve greater things as well. And uh, that's the reason I think it's powerful for people that are hearing these podcasts and, and going through the programs because you're not alone in the process. Yeah. That's a, that's a very powerful decision you can make. on Who do I surround myself with? Do I surround myself with enablers, with people that are saying, okay, you cannot do things? It's, because that's, that's easier. It's easier to stay the same. It's harder to change. And that's the reason you need more people that believe what you believe. And that can, you, you know, I, I, I'm part of organizations such as uh, EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. Yeah. And it's very powerful, uh, even on sharing your struggles with people that, that are similar to you. And they, they say, okay, I went through this and you can do it. That's very powerful when you're in a, in a process of change because that would be my stage four. Stage four is how to start because even if you decide you hate your job and you, you want to do something else, it's not, okay, I'm going to quit my job today and start right away. It's, it's a process. Yeah. You might set a date. Okay, I will quit my job in one year from today. And you begin a process on how to prepare for that stage in your life. Yeah, I like to call it like man in the life, the life yeah. of the jumping ship. This is our Yoda question. Who helped awaken your alpha? I know you're you very sort of internally driven, but who were some key figures along the way? Both my, my parents were crucial in this because yeah. I had the blessing of having two parents that fostered my dreams. And uh, even if I, were, if I went with them with the craziest of ideas, they, I remember one, one, key, one key story. My father worked in a pharmaceutical company. And at one time, I blended a lot of uh, things from my house, and I told them I found the cure for everything. <laughs> and I need to go to your company and pitch them the idea. 
you can imagine that was a key moment for my father. He could have told me, no, you know, this is not, this ain't gonna work or whatever. He managed to get me a meeting with the managers, but they heard me out. And uh, after that, that moment, I remember I finished my, my pitch and one of the managers gave me his watch and gave me a book uh, by Ogmandino, the greatest salesman in the world. And I have it in my office, that same book. And uh, he wrote, Julio, if you put your mind to it, you can do great things. And can you imagine, that is a powerful event in my life, yeah. a defining moment. And the other thing I would say is, I had a lot of mentors, people that I read their books, people who I heard their speeches. I try to surround myself with positive people yeah. always and uh, read uh, motivational uh, literature and conferences. And of course, people might say, okay, you're listening to this and this is motivational things, and, uh, but it helps because in the road of success, there is a lot of times when you'll feel alone yeah and you'll feel like you're crazy you're doing something that's different from everybody else around you i would say i'm fully crazy over here so yeah this is good to hear, this is good to hear. <laughs> and that's the reason we we uh we had a lot of connection in in hollywood because we we were thinking about the, th the same things and yeah. that's the power of of having another alpha team you know <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so you, you talked about your sort of your three failed businesses and why they failed. So was it kind of like an awakening moment when you thought, damn, the learning group, this is, this is the one, this is it. It's, it's, it started to go well. I would say there, there are several, uh, I, I would quote Steve jobs here. Uh, he said something that for me made a lot of sense. Not every business is perfect, but when you wake up a lot of days, and see your business as not perfect, you're in trouble. And turns out the learning group gives me more satisfactions than worries. There's no perfect business. There, I'm not arguing that if you find your, your purpose, what motivates you, it's, it's a unique goal and it, it won't change the rest of your life. I don't believe that. I, I believe life itself is a journey. If I have several days when I see that I'm not feeling the same. I'm not motivated as much. I need to change something. Yeah, that's really useful. Really useful to highlight that. Because like you say, it's, I don't know anyone who's going to wake up every single day and just be bounding out of bed. In the reality, you're going to have off days and there's going to be, like you say, there's going to be struggles. But there's a difference between it being, you know, hustling to keep it successful. And then, like you say, waking up a lot of consistent days where you're just thinking, you know, this is it really supposed to be this much of a struggle? You, you've got to like address things and maybe make changes. Yeah. And also, I, I love the quote by Michelangelo who said, if people knew the amount of hours I spend into, into perfecting my craft, they, won't, they wouldn't say I'm a genius. <laughs> That's right. The people yeah. see the, uh, the obvious things, but they don't see the hard work behind those, those things. And that's, I think, the difference between people who achieve things and those who don't. Are you willing to, to, to do a lot of things and do the tough choices to, to live the life 
you were meant to live? Yeah, I completely agree because that reminded me of um, there was this, there was a story where some famous sort of pianist or something something along them lines did his uh, concert, and then someone went up to him at the end, and they've said, "Oh, I love the way you play. I would, you know, I would give anything. I'd give my life to play like that." And he just looked at him and was like, "Well, I did." <laughs> you know and you know, if you really wanted to play like that you, you could have done it you just you literally have to give your life because the amount of hours he dedicated to his craft to master it to that level yeah it's it's very different saying i wish i i did this yeah but rather i'm doing it yeah. one step at a time i want to really dive into because uh, my background's education as well i was a teacher for sort of over 10 years obviously you talked about seeing teachers when you was going for university interviewing who you know who are there just to pick up their paycheck and, and then other ones who have really, apart from it's their passion, they've really got their, they found their unique skill set and it's come together and they just absolutely nailing it and it's what they were born to do and they're just bringing out such good lessons and teaching people so effectively. With your the learning group, what do you think are some, either some key ways to teach people or for individuals listening to this, how do you think people best learn? I know it's obviously a very individual thing. What has made the learning group so successful in teaching these individuals? One is hire people that believe the same things you believe. So it's, it's, it's very interesting when, when clients come to our offices and say, okay, everybody seems to be very happy and engaged. And it's, it's not that we're always happy and engaged, but yeah. we believe in the same things. We feel like we're crazy together. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, how do you learn? We have a, a formula in the learning group, which is the 70-20-10 rule. So you will learn 10% on reading, on conferences, on keynotes, 10%. 20% you will learn with others, with mentors, with coaches, with others. And 70% on, on actual projects, on actual doing things. Most of our classes are 70% experiential, 20% in, in mentorship and in coaching surroundings, and 10% on what we give them to read. If you want to change things, you need to challenge what you're doing. Yeah. Rather, because I, I can say for, for an hour, I can lecture you on smoking. And I can say smoking is wrong, smoking is wrong, and <laughs> I can lecture you for an hour. Yeah. But that would that would have a ten percent impact. Yeah, that is old. Yeah, in school, obviously, that's very old school style teaching. That you know, it still goes on in some places quite a bit. Yeah, and in some universities, they have a hundred percent lecture based. <sighs> of course, you'll forget almost everything after mm -hmm. you finish the lecture. As a teacher, but also as in life, because we're all teachers. We teach our, our children, we teach our spouse, we teach ourselves, we, we teach others. How do, how do we making an impact on others? And, and for us, it's okay, 70% of the time, make it experiential, make it an experience. So linked to that, are we, we're going to go to the alpha round in a minute just to get all the sort of tools, tips and resources. But firstly, I want to just hit on a little one. This is called the complete blank around. I just want to find out a little bit about you, the man. So all you've got to do is finish my sentence and fill in the blank. Okay. Okay. So we start this. Your best friend would describe you as? Entrepreneurial. Ah, perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> your favorite movie of all time is? Ah, that's a tough one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love two, two actually. One I love is uh, The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah. Classic. 
uh, Road to Perdition. That's another one I, I loved. Oh, yeah. If I was ever to visit Guatemala, I should. Uh, visit the learning group. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I remember seeing some photos of your offices. They look very cool. Talking about like exciting in learning environments, they look very cool. We're, we're located in Cayala, which is like a city within a city. Last time you were drunk was... Oh, actually, I just I was drunk just one time at my uh, initiation at the MBA program, <laughs> and turns out I'm a very happy drunk. I tell jokes. <laughs> I'm the life of the party. They I say <laughs> it's always an interesting question that one because some people are like uh, yesterday, some people are like <laughs> months ago, some people are like years, some people are like never. So it's always an interesting one. So okay, cool. Or somebody might say, I'm actually drunk right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been close. Some, like, some, yeah, a few people have said, uh, what day is it? And I'm like, uh. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Right, so we are to the alpha round now to finish off. Have you got a book recommendation that you think would be useful to our listeners? I love two books from uh, Sir Ken Robinson. Uh, one is called The Element, and the other one is Finding Your Element. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit more about them, just briefly? Yeah. And this is a book that covers a lot of very interesting stories on how people found their purpose. Sir Ken Robinson tells about being in your element, being in that state of flow. When you're doing, doing something and time just passes, you can spend a lot of time being in your element. The element is basically on the stories of people and how, to find, how they found their element. And finding your element is a very tool-based approach on how do you go about and do things yeah that's i mean that sounds absolutely brilliant and what i like is no one's ever sort of recommended them books or even close to them and they sound like a nice combination and really sort of in in line with what we've been talking about in this episode that's brilliant have you got a particular resource high-tech resource that you use that you think people are maybe not aware of it you think is really helpful even in your own own sort of entrepreneurial life or maybe a learning tool that you think people should all use that's out there for people yeah actually one for doing research i would recommend google trends okay brilliant google trends and there's actually another resource from google to find articles to find uh, and it's actually scholar by google and you can you can google google scholar and it's a different version of google where you can actually just find educational resources. So that's very cool. That is very cool. <laughs> very cool. There's a little pause there because I'm just writing them down. Brilliant. <laughs> Who do you think I should interview next or very soon? I, re I usually look for two recommendations. I would love to recommend a couple of Guatemalans that yeah. are doing very interesting things. One, one is a uh, Guatemalan doing state-of-the-art research in cancer in the U.S., um, I would I would like to recommend you to several of the entrepreneurs I mentioned during this podcast, and you, I could get you interviews with them. Brilliant. What's the name of the guy who's doing the cancer research then? Uh, her name is very, oh, very uh, Olu O O L U, Doctor Olu. Okay. Yeah, because her her complete name is Olubyanking. So it's okay. Yeah. yeah, I think you better, you better uh, write that one down and email me that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it was hard even for us <laughs> in the company when we invited her. We were like practicing her name. So, 
what's the one question you thought I was going to ask or you wished I'd ask and you feel like I've kind of missed the opportunity? Is there anything that springs to mind? Uh, or do you feel content? No, there's a, there's a question I, I, I love to, to sometimes ask. And okay. it's, if you were to start your life again when you were 10 years old, what would you have done differently? Oh, okay. Well, I'm going, to I'm going to turn that right back to you then. What would you have done <laughs> if you were 10 years old? Uh, I would say uh, one of my main learnings in life at this time is that at sometimes I've tried to grow very fast. Yeah. And I've missed opportunities to enjoy what's life giving me at that time in particular. So that's something I, I am trying to share with my children is enjoy the moment. Yeah. Because the only thing you have is right now. And, I, and I, as I was growing up, I tried to be older, to look older, to uh, be with older peers. And now I'm trying to enjoy what I'm having right now. So that I would do different. Yeah. Now that's, that's a really, I mean, that's a really good point and a great way to finish the show. I mean, Julio, thank you so much for taking time out. Thank of you very much, Adam. It and was my the, pleasure. What's the best way people can connect with you? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you my, my personal email. It's Julio at Julio Celaya.com. I'm also on Facebook, LinkedIn, the webpage on Twitter, everything. I'm there. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. It would, Arnold. But on a serious note, guys, if you've been enjoying the previous 80 plus episodes, I would love so much. We've been downloading over 90 countries now, closing on that 100. We're still only under 50 reviews. So if you can take literally the 60 seconds to head over to iTunes, actually subscribe, and then you can review the podcast with a simple one line of telling me your thoughts, be as honest as you want. I'd really appreciate it. And obviously this is a completely free podcast for, and if you found just one nugget from out of all them episodes, help the world go around a bit of karma. If you could just get in there, give me a quick review and it will really make a big difference to the future of the podcast and how successful we can be moving in and closing on our 100th episode. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, guys. I really appreciate it. And I see, I know the exact people who've left that reviews and I really rate you guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. <laughs>